What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to OK Shred. I'm your host, Matthias Carlson, and I got lots of stuff for you today, so stay tuned for this episode. All right, guys. So, listen, I'm sorry uh, this week's episode is a little bit late, and I'm also sorry. I know last week we said we would do Big White versus Silver Star with a, a guest who skis at Silver Star, but plans have kind of changed. And actually some pretty exciting plans, so it's kind of a win-win. Now, that episode won't be coming next week either. We're going to have another guest who skis primarily at my mountain, Harper, and we're going to take him to Big White, and we're going. he's going to be able to voice his... Um, you know, you know what, what he thinks, his first impressions on the hill, if he thinks it's better, if he thinks it's worth it. Or not. But anyway, this week's episode is actually rather exciting, I think. So, as you guys know, I have had the K2 Reckoner 112 sitting on my wall, just waiting to have my bindings slapped on them and gone skiing on. This weekend, I got to do that. Um, I took my skis over to the shop. I got my bindings put on them. And it was originally going to be Tuesday, they told us that. My skis would be ready. My dad and I, we dropped off our skis, our new skis, and they said Tuesday. And I called a Saturday morning and said, listen, your first set of skis are done. You can come and pick up the other set of skis when we open at 10 o'clock. Now, the lift starts at 8.45, so we were a little bit late. And also, we got stuck behind some slower cars. But it it worked out really well because originally, I couldn't have gone skiing this weekend you know, for other reasons, and then I dropped my skis off to be mounted. But then um, other plans, you know, that schedule cleared up, but I still didn't have skis. Well, I did have skis. I didn't have a ski boot because when you get your skis mounted, you have to uh, you have to drop off a boot so they know what size to put the bindings. But they called us. They said they had our skis ready. So what did we do? Well, we got ourselves up to the hill. We got to ski on the K2 Reckoner 112. So I'm just going to give you kind of an update on Big White situation, and then I'm going to share with you my first impressions on the K2 Reckoner 112s. So first off, with Big White, their visibility has not been good. There are some days. It actually seems like Sundays are the good days to go. I can't go. I'm usually busy on Sundays. But for the last two weeks, the visibility on Sunday has been substantially better than the visibility on Saturday. I went on Saturday. What can you do? So the visibility was not that great. Uh, so, well, it actually, it wasn't that bad. No. You're like, well, what do you mean it's not great, it's not bad? See, the lens on my goggle is horrible for low-light conditions. And that is, it seems like that's what big white is. My lens is great for highlight, you know, to cut glare. But here, here's the thing, guys. I'm in need of new goggles. So if you head over to Instagram, you can DM me at OK underscore shred. Let me know some suggestions you have. Now, obviously, I you know would rather not spend $400 on some goggles, but I would also be, it would be nice if I could change the lenses. So, guys, you can DM me your suggestions there. And... If I if I get 
you know, one of your suggestions, I'll, I'll let you guys know right on here, right on the podcast. But I, I'm probably going to share what goggles I get anyway. Today, I was looking at the Oakley Target line, but the lens that was available, like in the shop, it was a highlight lens. And so that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a low light lens. And so, yeah, big, big white. Uh, there's snow. The the first week I, I skied them, I skied them opening weekend. There was like 70 centimeter base. Now it's up to 120. So that's really nice. A lot more of the hill has opened up. They still do need quite a bit more snow, maybe another 20 centimeters, which should be on its way. It looks like there is some storms for big white ahead. Now, what you've been waiting for, the K2 Reckoner 112s. Guys, I'm actually quite blown away with this ski because I so I've been skiing on the K2 poachers for a very long time. They are 96 underfoot. So they're they're meant for a little more harder snow. But when I put on the K2 Reckoner 112s, I expected them to handle completely different because they were wider, so it would take more energy to get them on edge. But guys, this was not the case at all. They skied exactly the same. There was no adjustment period at all, yet I could feel the difference in how they skied. I went over to some powder, and I mean, I, I floated right on top, like, beautifully. and Like, it noticeably, very much so noticeably. Now they are a little sketchy at speed, but it you can if your ski style is playful, then you shouldn't have a problem with that at all. If you're the type of guy who likes to bounce around on the run, these skis just help you do that better. So and my first run with these skis, I, I was absolutely blown away that they were barely different at all. In terms of how they handled, they were much longer than my K2 poachers. Now, my dad, he also has the Reckoner 112s. He was skiing on Rosignol S7s, like from 2012, and he was the one who felt the most dramatic difference. His old skis, the Rosignol F7s, now obviously Rosignol has, um, they have updated their skis. I don't even know if they still make the S7, but. You know, Rosinol makes a great ski. But my dad, he said, I mean, the difference was, uh, you know, very much so night and day between the S7 and the K2 Reckinger 112. Now, they were two millimeters smaller underfoot for my dad. He had a 116 underfoot. I had a 96 underfoot. And yet, I actually didn't feel that dramatic of a difference going up to 112. But what he noticed is they are a more forward-mounted ski. We got our skis mounted midsole. Now, T-mount is forward, but their midsole is actually forward of center. Now, lots of people would say, oh, why don't you get them center-mounted? If you, like, take the ski, if you take take the length, I think I have 177s. If you cut 177 in half... you get 88.5. So if you mounted them, you know, 88.5 centimeters, they would actually ski very horribly because that's not where they were designed to be mounted, even though you're like, oh, no, center mounted. Center mount's great. I love center mount. Some skis are a more center mounted ski. Um, These skis, though I mounted them back, they are still a little bit forward mount, but my other skis, the poachers, I had them like very forward mount. So I actually, 
think it's an improvement on my new ones. My dad said that the Reckoner 112s did not float like his S7s. The S7s were a lot more back-mounted, and they were wider and longer as well. So that is to be expected. Now, these are a little bit of a lighter ski, which uh, is part of the reason why they're so playful. My dad's other skis, the S7s. Now, this, is, this isn't supposed to be uh, trashing the S7s. I'm just showing you guys you know, you know, the difference, you know, and just how refreshing it was to ski on this ski. And I, I know it's like, well, you know, you're saying my dad, my dad, my dad, why don't you have him on here? Well, th that's definitely for a later episode. But anyway, <clears throat> he, it was a very night and day difference. Those skis were a lot heavier, which didn't kind of make them nice in powder. The S7s were heavier, which made them nicer in powder because it just held a line a little bit better. But um, on a regular, you know, ski resort day, that actually was not good. It took so much energy to turn them. And he's saying the Reckoner 112s turned amazingly. And I found that too. I mean, I find them turning the same as a ski that's a 96 um, underfoot. So am I saying centimeters? I should mean millimeters. Oh, whatever. Millimeters, millimeters, millimeters. <laughs> Anyway, they do ski shorter, though. Uh, my dad was saying his skis, they were like a one... I don't know. They were like a 188. And the his K2 Reckoners are a 184. And he says they feel like they're 20 centimeters shorter. So I feel that's the reason why I... I couldn't tell much of a difference is mine were longer, but because they're such a short skiing ski, uh, you know, they may have felt a lot like the poachers. So if you are to go with them, I would say maybe go a little bit longer. If you're buying your skis from a shop, the guy will like, tell you how, you know, how to judge size of a ski. Usually like at the touching like the top of your head like or being parallel to the top of your head that's like that's a pretty good length you might you would get that if you wanted to grow into it for sure or if you just liked a little bit of a longer ski um i got for me my skis are close to the top of my head which I think is fine. It was also the selection. They didn't have any good selection. So that's that. But I actually, I find they're fine. Now, if you're getting skis yourself, the sweet spot is like your eyebrows to your nose. That's that's usually kind of how you want to get length for your skis. But it also does depend on weight as well. If you're a heavier person, you might want a longer ski. And, I mean, these uh, Reckoners, they do ski shorter. So my dad says he would have wished he could have gotten a longer ski, which they did have, but he got a shorter ski. I I think my length is absolutely fine. So, yeah, I, I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, the skis, they're just a really amazing ski. They also, for mounting, for mount, binding mounting, they do have a very large sweet spot. One person like put them like two centimeters back of midsole, 
and said he could barely tell a difference between that and team mount. The team mount on that ski is very forward. I actually don't know why. I it, it doesn't really make sense. I I would think teams would I, I don't know, that just feels way too forward. I, I also don't know what you're doing with that ski. It's it's not a park ski like at all. It's I mean maybe a, like a free ride ski, like kind of just an all mountain like, you know. You know, it's kind of just like a capable truck, I guess. It can do city driving and it can go everywhere. Now, if I said capable truck and then said city driving but go a little bit off-road too and you thought of the Honda Ridgeline, that that's a problem. I'm just kidding. Honda's a great company. But anyway, <laughs> ski racers are the type of people who would drive a Honda Ridgeline. Anyway, no, the Reckoners, I, I'm very surprised by them. They did handle amazingly. I went down this run that was, it was in the trees, but it was also very steep. And I was able to, you know, switch directions very nicely, even though having a longer ski, which was very surprising. Now, the one thing is the base, the base with these skis. Uh, it's a very strong like base. I actually don't know what it's made out of, but I, there was one section and I was kind of up against a cliff and my t my tips they scraped on a little bit of rocks and I was very upset about that. I mean that made me cringe so hard. I was like, ah, no, not my new beautiful skis. But then at the end of the day, when I took them off and I took a look at them, I'm like, there's there's no scratches. I also unintentionally went over a rock and it really like it made my leg buck up. And so I was like, oh no, oh no, I just put a ginormous gouge in my ski. Nope, nothing. I I didn't see a thing, which is amazing. Now, okay, here's the one thing. The guy at the shop told us that the skis came with a factory wax, which technically they do. That and so we didn't need to get them waxed. My dad was like, "Okay." Now, uh we then learned factory wax does not exist. Now, I believed in that for a long time, but we figured because they were a new ski, maybe like it actually was a factory wax. But for the longest time, I always believed factory wax does not exist, and I was right. So definitely be aware of that. I would want to, I would get them waxed, which we are. That's why I don't actually have them with me right now. I do need to get a wax like kit, like an iron and a scraper and a brush and all that. That's actually what I'm thinking I, I want to do. Just because of, you know, you, you have a lot more freedom with you know what wax you use like it's like oh it's you know this weekend it's going to be like a minus five ish kind of weekend okay then i'll get this wax that's rated for my minus five but then you're like oh this weekend like i've looked on the forecast it says it's going to be like minus 20 to 25 or to 30 also guys uh, i'm talking in celsius here so i don't quite know what these transfer over to in fahrenheit i know like um, 30 degrees Fahrenheit is zero Celsius. So, you know, I, I don't, I can't really do this conversion for you guys, but anyway, you know, w when you're able to, like, if you have that waxing kit, you're able to have that freedom of, you know, use this wax, use that wax, which is great. And that's, that's something I want to get into, but yeah. So with the K2 Reckoners, do be aware 
factory wax does not exist. I actually don't think it exists on any ski. You should get your skis waxed. Now, as for the edges and like the stock sharpness, I guess, I mean, they, they carved great. There was some sections that were a little harder and they, they did great. They kept grip there. That's another thing with how the ski skied. There was one section of a run that was like all ice. These guys bounced around a lot. Like a lot more than what I'm used to. And I've skied on Harper for years. Harper Mountain in Kamloops. Which is a great mountain by the way. But their snow is usually not that good. Maybe there's about three weeks of the year that has mint snow. But then either it's just ice. It feels like you're on a skating rink. Or it's just melting. So you know, you're skiing through a minefield of rocks. But anyway, so I, I've, I'm very used to skiing um, on ice and my skis like chattering and chopping. But I've been skiing on a ski that was a 96 underfoot. And so it they, did, they didn't chop near as much as the Reckoner 112. So that's something to be aware of. These skis make a lot of sense for me because I have two pairs of skis like for the later season, you know, when it's not as powdery, I'm able to switch to something, which is actually really nice if you're a skier to kind of build up a quiver of skis. Um, obviously, that's expensive. If I was to say, if if I if someone came up to me and says, I want a ski that can kind of do it all, like, you know, just a pretty solid all-mountain ski. I would go with, like, a 102 to, like, 105-ish underfoot. You Like, it'll do... It depends where you are, too. If you're at a place like Big White and you want a ski for all types of season, then, yeah, 102. But if you're at a place like Harper, I mean, I did great with 96 underfoot. So it, it depends. And Harper, I think Harper's snow base, I don't even know what it is. It probably maybe got to like 120. Who knows? But they didn't need it. They don't need it as much as Big White. That is for sure. Uh, Sun Peaks, uh, I know they they get around 200 to maybe even 250. So the Reckoner 112s would be great there as well. And I I I noticed they actually do kind of get a little bit more snow. Well, they don't get more snow, but just they get more snow earlier. So you're more of the season you're skiing on more snow so maybe the reckoner 112s could be viable there all season but when you want to look at like late season and stuff when it's getting icy the reckoner 112s do not excel there at all so like an everything kind of ski would be around that 100 um underfoot type of width but so it is really nice to have a quiver where you can go, nope, powder day, I'm pulling out these 120s. Oh, average day, 112s. Oh, icy day, you know, 100 or 96s, whatever. So if, uh, you know, I guess do with that information as you will. Now, as far as building up a quiver, buy when you buy your everything ski, make sure that's a good ski. Make sure, like, you know, you're not just, well, this is an everything ski. I'm just going to get it a piece of junk because I'll get a better ski later. Make sure it's a good ski when you only need like one pair of skis. That way, if you decide to upgrade a couple of seasons down the line, it your then everything ski that's turned into an early season ski has actually turned into a very 
viable option for early and late season instead of like, oh, I have to go on this piece of junk to the my nice skis. Whereas you could go, oh, I'm on this ski and then my other skis. And, you know, you're not dreading skiing on your early season ski. Now, of course, we all want to ski on our big powder planks because hopefully we'll be skiing in big powder. But that's not always how it is. So definitely when you look at skis, look for quality. That way it's a lot easier to build up a quiver because then you can just keep your old skis. Now, but it's still expensive, you're saying to me. I mean, the Reckoner 112s, they're like $750. Guys, I bought these skis in July and I got them for 400 bucks. Lots of people, you know, they're because they're just not thinking about it, you know, they miss out on these stellar deals. Like Ben Chetler 120s, which are like a $900 ski, were like around 450 bucks in July. They, I almost got them, but they went out of stock before I, when I didn't have the money, which is fine. I, I do really want to try those skis though. Um, I have heard from someone who just got a pair. They said they wish they skied better, but they also went very early season. 120 width underfoot is a very wide ski. You do need to have more snow for that. But that's why it wouldn't be a good everything ski, which is why it'd be nice to again have a quiver. So if you're looking to build up a quiver of skis, definitely look in the summer. You know, not so much spring because spring they're still skiing. You know, yeah, I bought these in July, which is a great time. July, August, it kind of ran out of stock because there would also be like ski stores that are like, oh, I'm going to buy these and then mark them up, you know, two, three hundred bucks. Like Sport Check is still selling my exact model, model year as well, like the colorway, because usually all that changes in skis is the colorway. So yeah, I bought my skis in July and they were last year's model. And so there's no difference to the actual ski, but there is a difference to the color. So, but Sport Check still sells my ski for 800 or yeah, 750 to $800. I can't quite remember. So, you know, there could be uh, stores that would snatch up the stock like that too. So that, uh, that is just what you have to worry about but it is what it is now you can also look on amazon but be wary of of amazon they're kind of sketchy sometimes the really the best thing you can do is research your ski and then hunt for it hunt everywhere for it instead of just like searching up ski and then going oh hey this looks nice it's four hundred dollars if you're buying a ski for four hundred dollars during peak selling season it might not be a great ski. Now, I have seen skis that do sell during peak season for $400 and are phenomenal skis. But for the most part, my friend bought a pair of Line Honey Badgers for $300 during peak selling season. Peak selling season is like November-ish because that's when the hills are starting to open. Like That's when prices are at their full price. So he bought them for $300, and he is not a fan of them at all. They scratched up very easy, and the graphic off the top is starting to peel. 
That's not to say Line make bad skis. I know they make phenomenal skis like the Line Chronic. That's a great park ski. I know lots of people who have them and love them. So anyway, just to restate, you know, the K2 Reckoner, my first impressions, I'm very impressed with this ski. I'm impressed that it feels just like my old skis everywhere else, but then when you get into powder, it floats so much better and it handles amazingly. The stock like edge sharpness was great. Uh, there was there was no problems there. It it carved very nice. And then at speed they did get a little bit sketchy. I did find them shaking around a little bit more. But because I'm a more playful kind of skier, that actually helped me a little bit. It just made it easier to move around the way I like to. But if you're the type of person who's kind of just more just skiing down the run, they're not really, you know, bouncing from thing to thing, that might be something you want to think about. So yeah, they are a little sketchier at speed, but they they do handle great. They ski a little bit shorter than what you would think for a ski of its length. So maybe go a little bit longer if you do decide to buy them. Uh, and and the base the base is super strong i i went like i said i went over a couple of rocks by accident guys i'm not trying to thrash these skis i yeah definitely not trying to wreck them and they they held up amazingly my first day skiing on them no scratches which i'm very pleased to report so anyway yeah they're just they're a great ski like 100 percent, i would recommend them so yeah, guys, great ski, 10 out of 10, you know, would recommend. I, I truly love it so far. I'll let you, of course, I'll let you know how it goes, you know, throughout the season. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, or if you have a suggestion for a future, for a topic for a future episode, please reach out to me on Instagram at OK underscore shred. You can just DM me there. Anyway, guys, God bless.